It is season two, episode 44 of the Hall of Fame show, where myself, Kirk Buckner, the owner and the operator of NotInHallOfFame.com and the sister sites, hey, the fictitious athlete Hall of Fame, fictitious rock and roll Hall of Fame, and the United States Athletic Hall of Fame, Evan Nolan, my partner in all of this, I think we know a famous 44 that's sort of related to the U.S. Hall. Pete Maravich? <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, no, I had the, the, late, the late great Henry Aaron. Yes, and you can vote for him and your other other favorites. NotInHallOfFame.com forward slash USA. Uh, we'll be announcing next June whoever wins. And actually, it's all decided by all of you. Yep. And uh, one of my favorite Henry Aaron stats, up until uh, as soon as he uh, joined Major League Baseball, he set the record for being alphabetically first of all the players, <laughs> which one of my favorite stories of all time. He was broken by the... Um, relief pitcher David Ardsma when he came in to pitch for the Giants and told after the game that he had broken Hank Aaron's record they asked if he had anything to say and his response was I'd like to thank my parents <laughs> nice so I like it I like it uh, so there really isn't any major Hall of Fame related news but that's why we have regular sections Although they, there is a, there's a big push towards stuff. There's a whole bunch of stuff out over who should be in the hockey hall coming up, who should be in various halls. But that's all coming in weeks to come. Those are good debates to be having. Yeah, uh, and, and there, there's an awful lot. Uh, I think there will be some people whose names uh, I, I'll be bringing up later on that we haven't really talked about much. Uh, mm -hmm. Some award season that also helps mm -hmm. tell people for that. Yep. So uh, that just got announced today. And, and I, I do, I do, I do want to say though the NHL did tweet out which of these people should be in the Hall of Fame, oh. and they had a list of them, okay. and you could vote. And there was an other, none of them were Pierre Turgeon. So those guys still hate Pierre Turgeon up there in uh, Toronto. I'm telling you, man, I, I, it, it's, it all, it all stems for, from, uh, from just not, not going on the ice during the, that juniors. Crazy. That's and, absolutely and not, crazy. Not I'm mad about something from forty plus years ago. So, well, yeah, <laughs> and it's what's going to keep them out. You thought Canadians were nice. They're nice about everything, but hockey. So, yes. Actually, I didn't tell you that my grandpa, my, my grandpa was a lumberjack in Quebec. That's okay. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to see if you'd sort of go with that. <laughs> I, I just thought that was a very Canadian thing. Mm -hmm. Well, my, I think I've told you my family, my uh, dad's mom's side of the family came over as fur trappers uh, oh, to, the right. gas, yeah, yeah. to the gas bay. And they were my grandmother, whatever number it was back, was part of basically the first dating service where women got to determine the men. Because mm -hmm. they, uh, the king of France, they sent all over the fur trappers and no women there. So the king of France sent over 800 women, I believe from France uh, paid their way and they got there and they got to, they basically paraded the fur trappers past the women and they got to choose who they, who they wanted. And I'm a direct descendant of those people. So. Wonder what, wonder what they called it then. I guess they didn't call it swipe, right? <laughs> they, they did not. So I just, I just don't know if I'd say no to a guy who's just, you know, good at trapping things <laughs> <laughs> and there, there and uh, there's so many other jokes you can go with fur trapping and we didn't go there so i think we do and, well. and those same men convinced the pope to make beaver a fish officially nice beaver the, the, exactly the, yeah. the catholic church considers i believe it's i believe it's beaver iguana and 
maybe platypus, maybe <laughs> fish, because for Lent, they didn't have any real fish options and everything froze up there in Canada. So hmm. look, look at yeah. me learning about my home country. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, so I guess with our regular, oh, well, there is a, an official retirement. Uh, so just mm. a quick thing. Uh, Dion Phaneuf, who hasn't yep. played in two years, has mm. called it a career. I don't see him as a Hall of Famer, but for when he started off, man, he, he was so good in his first few years in hockey. Yeah, he's only 36, which is young in hockey years, but he is, uh, yeah, he's, he's been out for a couple of years now. He's just not been, a, been able. He's also kind of almost at this point as famous for his wife as he is anything else. I don't even know who is, well, I'm sorry, who's his wife? Uh, Alicia Cuthbert from 24. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, okay. I know. Yeah, I mean, he had a very good career, 14 years with the Flames, Maple Leafs, Senators, and Kings. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just I, I think I think he's getting it up a little bit short. I agree. Yeah, just uh, too many injuries that caught up with him. He was sort of fortunate to have played as long as he did with everything that he mm-hmm. had going on um, with him. But yeah, those first few years, it's like, holy shit, this guy, he was so he, I was waiting for him to win. Like just so many more awards than he did. So if I remember right, he got his first team all star. Was it in the second year or third? Uh, I'd have to look that up. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah. But very, very early in his career. I mean, he's such a great player. So mm-hmm. uh, they, they, thank you, uh, Mr. Fanuff, for a great career that you had. May not be Hall of Fame worthy, but it was good. It was damn good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the shit box, which I did, which I bring up every week, I'm going to combine that with elevator up, elevator down, because I'm going to be a little passionate about that. I don't know if we want to get into that first. No, let's 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 get the other stuff out of the way and then we'll sure. go in the normal order and then we do. All right. Sounds so, good. So, um, so good. Yeah, I, I guess then we'll just go right to uh, those who we lost. Yeah. Uh, so it's possible, by the way, we have a possible um, beige mistress, uh, former uh, national team player for Hungary, Ivo Georgiev, passed away at the age of 49. Mm-hmm. So we haven't had many. So for those who haven't been listening long, Last year, there was just a run for like four straight months of a Hungarian athlete dying pretty much every week. Sometimes multiple. Yeah, sometimes multiple. And I just noticed it. And so we came up with, uh, it's not the Black Widow, it's the Beige Mistress. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the Beige Mistress has been very, very quiet in 2021. So this is the first one a long time. Could it just be normal? Sure. But it's something to watch anytime we lose a Hungarian athlete. Yeah, so he he was only 49 years old. Uh, we also lost this, I think, the first time I ever brought up a dolphin. Winter the dolphin. The inspiration for our dolphin tail, which is like the dolphin with the uh, prosthetic back fin, uh, passed away at the age of 16. Star of both dolphin tail and dolphin tail, too. Electric boogaloo. Uh, I don't know if electric boogaloo works with in the water, but who knows? Oh, no. Pretty sure like five people in Murder, She Wrote died from trying to do the electric boogaloo while, uh, while in the bathtub. I'm telling you, she was the biggest serial killer ever. Yeah, pretty much. So um, from the world of music, uh, I'm going to start with a man named Dave Frischberg, who is a, a jazz pianist vocalist and stuff. He played with Rosemary Clooney, 
Anita O'Day, Diana Krall, uh, Mel Torme, a whole bunch of people like that. But most importantly, Dave Frischberg, who passed away at the age of 88, is the man who wrote the music and lyrics to I'm Just a Bill for the, from the Schoolhouse Rock series. Oh, I used to love that stuff. Yeah. So he did a lot of the stuff for Schoolhouse Rock, but probably I'm Just a Bill sitting here on Capitol Hill is his most famous. And that keeps coming up still. It's still a pretty, of all the things from Schoolhouse Rock, that's probably the biggest part that still remains in our culture. Uh, so Frischberg was 88. Verb, that's what's happening. I think that was one. Yeah. 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 Um, let's see. Oh, a couple of things are out of order here. Sorry. You should have everything or organized, but apparently I moved him into the wrong section. Uh, John Goodsell passed away. Uh, the American British progressive rock and jazz fusion guitarist. He worked with Atomic Rooster, Brand X, among others. Uh, he passed away at the age of, let's see here, uh, 68. Um, I don't see what he passed from. Yeah, he was 68. Uh, we lost uh, Philip Margot, uh, best known as a member of the Tokens. Do you remember the Tokens big yeah, song? Yeah. Uh Andrea and I covered that on our other award-winning show. I'm going to say it's one of the award is the best pop, best uh, podcast done by two Canadians about American number ones. That could be a category. Uh, it definitely is. And if it, it is a category, it's, it's you. So yes. Yeah. I, there you go. Uh, yeah. We covered uh, the lion sleeps tonight. Real interesting story behind that one too. Give us uh, the reader's digest version for those who didn't hear that episode. Oh, well, basically, uh, the story behind, well, you know, I guess I'll try to do this, the, the, the old elevator pitch. Uh, it was an African folk song that got brought over uh, in the United States. A whole, a whole bunch of uh, folk folk artists, namely uh, Pete Seeger, covered that. And uh, then this, there was a doo-wop version. And there's a great Netflix uh, documentary on this I don't, where... There were this one South African uh, music reporter. He's trying to get the family royalties because mm. he, ne he never got, he never made a dime off of any of this. Oh, wow. Yeah. So just, uh, just especially too, because it got uh, popularized uh, in The Lion King. Mm. Yeah. So he's made so much more money than it, it ever did like back then. So it's, it's a pretty uh, cool story about that. And just maybe one of the first cases of, African folk really hitting number one, or probably it would is. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, actually, I was actually listening to something the other day about um, uh, Simon Garfunkel's El Condor Pasa. You know that song? No, Which, With, maybe um, I do, but it, it's. I'd rather be a forest than a street. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which it, which is an Andean folk tune that mm. uh, that. Paul Simon thought he could just upright take because it had been around so long. And it turns out it was written in 1913, which was much more recently than he thought. And he got sued to heck for the royalties over that song, hmm. which that was interesting. So anyway, uh, Philip Margot passed away. He was 79. Uh, we also lost uh, Greg Main, who, hold on one second. Greg Main, who was a bassist for Pentagram, passed away at the age of 67 of lung cancer. Mm. Um, and I guess when the, the big names passed away today, uh, very sadly, he was shot to death in Memphis. Uh, 
Adolph Robertson Thornton Jr., better known as Young Dolph, mm-hmm. was uh, shot today and, and passed away. So just a terrible freaking story. Um, he, uh, he had been shot inside a place where he, actually I was, I was on his, uh, his Twitter, a place he went a lot, a Makeda's homemade butter cookie shop. Hmm. Um, where he'd been all the time talking about how much he loved the cookies and everything like that. And he was in there at one o'clock this afternoon. Someone just walked in shore, uh, shot him twice and ran out. Yeah, I saw that all over Twitter uh, today. Just freaking awful. He just uh, kind of from what I, I I'm not going to pretend I know a ton about rap from from all accounts, basically the soul of the Memphis rap scene at the moment, just the the main guy down there and and in the area and it's just everybody's very very upset um so yeah it just it just sucks 36 is way too young particularly to be shot in a cookie shop at one o'clock in the afternoon yeah that's not usually where you think you're i guess your enemies if that's the case yeah or or i mean i mean that has to be like the most benign place anyone who's ever been died in a rap situation had been at the time they were killed it's, it's gotta be yeah, just absolutely crazy. Anyway, um, from the world of auto racing, uh, Motorsports Hall of Fame of America uh, driver Bob Bondurant passed away. Uh, he was 88 years old. Uh, he competed in Formula One, uh, did 24 hours of Le Mans. But more than anything, he was the driving instructor to the stars. So he was the guy who taught for all these things for James Garner, Paul Newman, Clint Eastwood, Robert Wagner, Tim Allen, Tom Cruise, and Nicholas Cage, among others, when they had driving scenes, uh, where they had to actually do some of the stunts themselves. He was the one who taught them. So, but he passed away at the age of 88 and a member, as I said, of the American Motorsports Hall of Fame. Like he must have had one hell of a life. Yeah, I'd imagine. Um, Art Stewart passed away. He was American front uh, baseball front baseball executive and scout. Uh, started with the Yankees in '53s and went all the way up um, to the Royals. Uh, he was their scouting director in '69. Uh, he started with the Royals in '69, became a scouting director in '84, and had been a senior advisor to the general manager for the Royals from 1997 till now. He passed away at the age of 94. He is also a member of the Kansas City Royals Team Hall of Fame. Um, from the, here's one we know we're talk about, the Japanese Baseball Hall of Famer, uh, Takeshi Koba, passed away at the age of 85. Um, better known as a manager, probably. He was a 252 hitter as a player from 1958 through 1970, but better known for his managing career. Uh, one, uh, he's the only manager who had the, uh, the Hiroshima Carp to the uh, Japanese championship. So he's a three times Japanese series champion in 879, 80, and 84, all with the Carp. Um, so he is 14th all time in managerial wins and was in 1999 inductee to the Japanese Hall of Fame, as well as being two time career stolen base leader in Japan. Hmm. So he was 85. Um, we, I guess, sort of an infamous character passed away quietly this week. Uh, 
Do you remember who Thurman Lavelle, or better known as Bobby Collins, was? No. He was the coach of SMU when SMU got the death penalty. Okay. So he won the uh, he won the national championship with SMU back in 1982. They won the Cotton Bowl. They went 11 0 and one, 7 0 and one in conference. Um, he uh, uh, there was the belief that the players were being paid, uh, and he denied it. And then they found out that it was being paid. Um, and the NCAA uh, gave the entire program the death penalty, from which, honestly, SMU still has not recovered. Um, yeah, they, they, Eric Dickerson was on that team, I think. Uh, that is entirely possible. I actually don't remember. Yeah, if, if I remember correctly. So, but I'm not positive. But, but I know that uh, was, team was loaded. Yeah, so his, his the play, the funny thing was uh, the school said no the the payment's been stopped and the players were still being paid, uh, and so Collins was not actually officially fined by the NCAA, uh, but his career was essentially over at that point. No one ever hired him again. Um, Coaches when that was going on and and NCAA were uh, sweating bullets. Oh yeah, well I mean it's not like he had his entire team take fake classes that were actually taken by tutors. Like North Carolina. I mean, it's not something like no, that. Nothing like that at all. No. So, um, yeah. So Bobby Collins passed away. He was 88 years old. Um, I guess there are two bigger names who passed away this week uh, from baseball, starting shortstop for the 2007 championship Red Sox, Julio Lugo, uh, collapsed and died at the age of 45. Well, I missed that. What did he die of? Just, uh, he was he was working out at the time. It was rampant all over the internet that he uh, for for conspiracy theorists that he had taken the COVID vaccine and therefore he died of a heart attack the day before his forty sixth birthday, which is nuts. Okay. Uh, but but he had a heart attack while working out. So, uh, but he played uh, for from two thousand to two thousand eleven for the Astros. Devil Rays, Dodgers, Red Sox, Cardinals, Orioles, and Braves, and a, a very important member of the 2007 uh, Red Sox, probably most famous in Red Sox lore for the Mother's Day Miracle, the game the Red Sox beat the Orioles. They scored, uh, they were down five runs going into the ninth inning and scored six runs with two outs, the last of which was Lugo hitting the ball towards the second baseman, but they had shifted. And so the pitcher had to cover and Lugo slid and beat it out at first, allowed, allowing the winning run to score. Mm-hmm. Um, probably his biggest moment with the Red Sox. Um, but yeah, he was only 46, which or only 45, a day before his 46th birthday. Yeah, just too freaking young. Uh, and, and finally, the biggest name, biggest name we've had passed away in a while, probably uh, the incredibly handsome Sam Huff. Uh, passed away. Like, if you see all the pictures of him as a player, I was like, oh my God, that was. Yes, I, yes, I did. I did. It's, um, um, I, I, th- I think we can sort of like, we're confident enough in our heterosexuality to just sort of like say that and recognize that when this guy was young, he was one handsome individual. Yeah, he was, he was a good looking dude. Uh, he was a linebacker, of course, a uh, member of the 50, uh, 56 Giants. 
that won the championship, two-time first-team All-Pro in 58 and 59, four-time second-team All-Pro, 57, 60, 61, 63, five-time Pro Bowler, member of the, all, the 50s All-Decade team, member of the Ring of Fame for the Redskins and the Ring of Honor for the Giants, um, his, and his number's been retired at West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, he didn't have much of a career. <laughs> One of the first uh, true middle linebackers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a real, real good football player. Uh, Sometimes you forget how good the. I've got got to find a lot of this old stuff from the 50s, and I'm sure it is on on YouTube. I just never get into it. Uh, Whenever I'm watching some old classic football, I usually go right to the 80s because that's just when I started really developing a fandom. But Mm -hmm. I've got to go back and look at some of of these great players. Yeah. Uh, Hoff uh, passed away in 87. Um, he had dementia since 2013. Yeah, uh, he passed away in the very, very cute little town of Winchester, Virginia. If you ever go down there, it's a very, very quaint little place. Um, I've been there. Yep. Um, uh, but he was a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the College Football Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, and was yeah, All American, uh, co-captain of the uh, East-West Shrine Game and Senior Bowl. Um, just, I mean. Had, a, had an interesting career or afterwards. He was a color commentator for a while. Uh, he was um, a horse breeder. He actually ran for the U.S. House of Representatives at one point. Um, but yeah, so. And number 76 on Sporting News is list of 100 greatest football players of all time. High praise indeed. That is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so I guess with that, then we've got uh, elevator up, elevator down. Uh, I'm adding a couple names that I, I didn't tell you about. I just said that I'm sticking with basketball. But uh, since I, I sent you that that message, I saw the new Cy Young winners, and mm. we look at people who have made a better case for themselves for the hall for their respective halls of fame, and, mm. or who didn't. Uh, the two Cy Young award winners, uh, Corbin Burns and Robbie Ray, two first-time Cy Young award winners. Uh, I don't know whether this is bigger. I don't really know who it's bigger for. I don't know that Robbie Ray is going to have a Hall of Fame career. Mm-hmm. This felt like a bit of a, I don't want to say a one-off, but he's ha- he, he's not exactly someone that screams Hall of Fame at this point. He's a little older, so it, it certainly helps. It's, it's going to put him in some kind of discussion at some point, mm-hmm. but... I think this does a lot more for, for Burns only because it was so tight between him and Zach Wheeler. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's, it's really going to help him. I, again, a starting pitcher with 11 wins. With, so w- winning, the Cy Young, winning the Cy Young, it just, just shows you where starting pitching is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we've talked about this and why we talked about this. We talked about the finalists last week, where I think eventually Jim Cox is going to get in the hall of fame. He, whether he's alive or not, I don't know, but at some point his number of wins is just going to stick out like a sore thumb. He's going to have like a hundred more wins than anybody else is coming up. Right. And they're just going to put him in. And also too, like somebody mentioned on Twitter, I think it was actually Dan Kelly, who we, we, we spoke to a couple weeks ago on our, on our mock pro football hall of fame. Check that out. If you haven't yet, uh, by the way, Dan's also a great follow on Twitter. Like if you haven't, if you're into sports, he's got some interesting takes. Uh, not just because he's a Boston guy, but it's <laughs> very, very interesting. Well, it helps. So I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. 
Well, of course. I mean, interesting takes is what we do in Boston. At least so those of us who aren't on Boston radio. Boston radio sucks. Sports radio is awful, just so you guys know, in Boston. So, well, so Dan mentioned that uh, 11 wins and less than six, six innings per start. That's starting pitching now, and that's your Cy Young Award winner. And that's not to take anything away from what Corbin did this year. He had a very, very good year, but it's, it's certainly not the same. And at some point, stats are going to have to catch up to this. I think it always has angered me a little bit that you can get a loss for starting an inning, but not a win. And, and maybe yeah. that be looked at at some point. I mean, but I mean, remember when we were kids, it's like, Clemens versus I don't know just pick pick your favorite uh Mike Mussina right or or going further back than that we're going to talk you know wh- whoever you want now it's some guy for eight outs versus some guy for six outs like it does it's it's, it's yeah. just starting pitching just does not matter anymore I this is one of those things that I know baseball tried to fix with um with making everyone have to pitch at least three pitches or three batters to a certain extent. I actually thought that of all the rules they came up with this year, that was the least objectionable to me. I felt like that actually improved the pace. Although to be honest, with all the stuff they did, the game was still seven minutes slower this year than it was the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, but they got to do something about that because the, the shift, the, the, the numbers crunchers who found the shift and the, and the short pitching, Stints has just completely changed the game in a non-fun way. I mean, yeah, it's also too when you look at uh, a major league baseball roster. Look, when Glenn and I did our classic sports review and we looked at uh, the Bill Buckner game, one of the things that just sticks out like a sore thumb is that the roster of each team had nine pitchers. Mm-hmm. That's what is it now? Like fifteen. Sometimes you can see nine, nine pitchers is a nine inning game in the, in the postseason. Yeah, it, it, it totally is. Like there are games that you can track and you'll see more than nine pitchers appear. Mm-hmm. It's, and, but things change, but either way, those are the, my two elevator ups at this point. That, by, by the way, trivia question for you. The answer is four. It is not. Uh, who's the last Brewers pitcher to win Cy Young? Pete Vukovic. Oh, the mad Hungarian. Yeah. Very good. Who is the other, only other one to win? There's back-to-back years. Oh, Raleigh Fingers. So, Raleigh Fingers, yeah. Fingers, Vukovic, and his name just popped out of my head, the guy who won this year. I'm sorry. Corbin. Corbin Burns. Corbin. Sorry, Corbin Burns. It just completely evaporated, so. I'm not drinking enough. Got to get some more. <laughs> nice. But I do have another elevator up for basketball. And okay. I, it's so soon to sort of like say this, but have you seen the season that DeMar DeRozan is having right now for the Bulls? Yeah, I have. Uh, so when he was signed, everyone here was like, why are we doing this? Like, he's going to be like the fourth guy on the team. Mm-hmm. He is not the fourth guy on this team. He's posting the best numbers of his career. If it keeps up like this, he's going to be an all-star. It'll be for the fifth time. It's mm-hmm. for real. So it's for real. I did not see this coming at all mm-hmm. from DeRozan. Uh, this just this team just looks so good, so much, so much fun. And yeah, he's the number one guy on a team that's got Levine and uh, Vucevic. Mm-hmm. 
And Lonzo. <laughs> Does that throw? No, well, nothing against Lonzo, but I mean, like, but he's he's not an alpha, so no. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, there, there's been some interesting teams in the NBA so far this year. Uh, the they're a lot. Of, I mean, they're on here all the time. They're a lot of fun to watch. That Bulls team is fun to watch. Yeah. The the Wizards. Mills, another one I could have named. Patty Mills. No, Patty Mills. So Brad- Who did you say? I, I didn't hear you. Bradley Beal. Oh, Bradley Beal. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't no. hear you very yeah. well. Because uh, look how good Washington's doing right there, and the, this is finally his team. Mm-hmm. Uh, with him as the, with him as a top guy, they've surrounded him with some really good component players. Wiz, uh, Wizards are another fun team to watch, but I definitely wanted to give a lot of love to Demar Derozan. Just I'm stunned, and in, in a pleasant way. Hmm. Because also too, he's got that narrative of when they when the Raptors traded away traded him away. Mm-hmm. That was the final piece or of the puzzle. That's yeah. not always a great narrative when you're traded. That's what kills Herschel Walker all the time. Yeah. Yep. And and somewhat rightfully so. I I get that argument, and that came up when we were, we were having our mock. Uh, my elevator down, and it's not even. Sorry. Can we also just throw Tommy Shepard out there, the general manager of the Washington Wizards, for convincing the Lakers to trade them Kyle Kuzma for the wash-up corpse of of uh, Westbrook? <laughs> oh, he's just not fitting in there at all. There was no chance he ever was going to fit in there. But like, just him getting Kuzma, Kuzma has flourished just not being under LeBron. The Lakers are—that's the one old ass team. Mm-hmm. As this old ass right here, but yeah, I think I think we'd bring down the average age. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my elevator down, and maybe it's not an elevator down, and this is sort of like half of a shit box here. Uh, someone who actually finally got to play a little bit today, I was a little surprised. Uh, that's on your team. That's Enos Cantor, and this is probably going to be his last year in the NBA. He's getting froze, froze out because mm-hmm. he's on China. And mm, I don't think that has anything to do with Weiss. I think that has a lot to do with it. You don't think I so? Don't, no, 0% chance. All right. Well, Cantor's, Cantor averaged a double double last year, and now he can't get on the court. Yeah, I don't, I don't, that's not how the Celtics do anything though. Like literally that they don't care about any of that stuff. They never have cared about any of that stuff. I hope you're right. I really do. Uh, I do think this, because he's, he's there on a one-year deal. No one's going to sign him next year. That's possible. And he can't go to Europe. Well, no, he, I mean... If he ends up too close to Turkey, he's in right. trouble. Yeah. So, I mean, Cantor played 14 minutes tonight, was 0 for 3 with five rebounds. Which, uh, yeah, he, 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 he had zero points in 14 minutes. So, I mean, the Celtics team is also very, very strange anyway. Mm-hmm. I, so. I, I just see this being the end of him and. I feel bad about it because this is not how a career should end. He's really standing up for what he believes in. Enos Cantor is a man of conviction. Mm-hmm. 
uh, whether you agree with what he has to say or not. This is the most ballsy stance I've ever seen an athlete do. No one, because he went after Nike, China, LeBron. Knowing what this is going to lead to. He's not going to get, he's not going to get a deal like uh, Kaepernick got from Adidas or anything like that. Believe no. me. Yeah, he, and he's not. This, this career is going to be over at the end of this year. And that's, that's possible. I hope but, forgotten. But I don't think he's being benched because of what he said about, believe me, the Celtics are seven and eight. If he could help them, he would be playing. I hope you're right. I mean, I, I honestly don't know. I haven't watched a lot of Celtics this year, but it sure feels yeah. that way. And the conspiracy theorist in me, because I do have a bit of that, is uh, running a little bit of muck here. Yeah, I mean, like Jabari Parker is not playing either at it's, all. It's also the same week where we've seen a ch- another Chinese athlete, and because I'm the women's tennis guy. You are. You that That's undisputed. You are definitely the women's tennis guy. And so for those not following this story, uh, not that familiar w- with her, but uh, let me bring this up. Stop, da- stop downplaying your knowledge here, my friend. I'm not. I'm messing, messing with you. Yeah. Uh, you are the women's tennis guy. Yeah, uh, well, I, for this show, I am. Uh, Peng Shui, who mm-hmm. uh, accused uh, the vice, uh, I don't know, the ch- uh, vice premier uh, of sexually assaulting her uh, on her social media, and then she's gone. She pretty much went. Di- she pretty much disappeared, and did come up with a statement today that a lot of friends in the tennis world say sound, sounds like bullshit. Mm-hmm. So it's. I don't want to feel like I'm coming really hard on China, but I am, because this this is something that. We've watched company after company, organization after organization, kowtow to this market. Mm-hmm. You don't want to lose that dollar. Mm-hmm. And I've said to my wife, I'll follow you anywhere we, you want to go within Fairmont, but I won't go there. I will not. Fair enough. Because I, I, I cannot handle the censorship. And I'll, I also, they've got oh, Twitter and other, I, the show would be over. It wouldn't be, wouldn't have anything. Probably. Yeah. They listen to what I say. They probably don't. Probably don't want me there either. But Enos is taking a stand here. I I stand with Mr. Cantor here on this. I hope what I hope your theory is correct. I really I mean, do. Why, if 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 they didn't want him, mm-hmm. then why get him? Like, there's no, they're it, they're they're not like it's not like the league's like, hey, we need someone to sign if someone doesn't look bad, but just leave him on your bench. Like that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like they, they thought he, he could help. He hasn't done much when he's been playing. He hasn't been good as of yet. And, and he hasn't been playing a ton either, to be fair. When well, he's come in, he hasn't exactly dazzled. Well, it's only 32 so. minutes uh, for sure. someone who averaged like 23 minutes a game last year or something to that effect. So True. it is a very strange drop off. He's not hurt, to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, he seems to believe that that's what's happening to him. It's possible. I don't know. And amazingly, what I find a lot more amazing is this isn't really getting that much press. Or at least not the press but, that I think but, it should be. But I, but I mean, so in order to believe that what he's saying, 
Mm-hmm. You're saying that the Celtics team with Brad Stevens and Ime Udoka are willing to sabotage their own team to make a political point about China? I don't know. Does that make, does that make any sense whatsoever? Why would they do that? Like what, what, what gain do the, the Celtics aren't like a massively popular team in China. They're not the Rockets. They're not the Lakers. Like those are the two top teams in China are the Rockets, the Lakers, Rockets because of Yao Ming and Lakers because of the Lakers. And on the, the only thing I don't know is how revenue works there. So like if they're taken off of, of uh, Chinese television, which they were, I not understanding that, how that part, how that part works. I mean, this could be very much a financial burden. I don't know. Not a burden, because I mean, they can afford it, but I, I, I don't know. If that, that, sure. So, and whenever I hear a conspiracy theory, I just have to figure out who benefits, right, in order for this to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, who benefits at all by the Celtics getting him on their team and then just sitting him if for, for some political reason? Like, what possible benefit is there to anybody involved? There's not, unless you're just trying to pacify a country that is- Then just cut him. Then don't get him in the first place. Isn't that a whole lot simpler? I I, I agree with that, but- No, like if there's a, if there's, I got 30 rules of life, right? Rule 17 is think horses, not zebras, right? If there's a simple- Like 30, like you're not making that up, you really have 30? Yeah, you literally have 30 rules of life. Yeah. So the rule 17 is think horses, not zebras. Right. So if there is, if there's something going on, if you put your ear to the ground and you hear hoof prints, you hear hoofbeats coming, it's probably horses and not zebras. You understand what I'm saying? Unless you're in Africa and then it's zebras and not horses. Right. So if you, in this situation, if there's a super overly complicated situation, like the Celtics are somehow getting some sort of bonus in China that has never previously existed for a team that doesn't really matter over there, for having a guy sit on their bench versus they signed a guy thinking he could help. And for whatever reason, the coach doesn't think he's fitting in or as helpful as they, as he, as they thought he would be. Mm-hmm. Option B makes a lot more sense than option A. There's no real benefit to the Celtics to have a guy on their bench who's, who they're paying a decent amount of money who can't do anything for them. It doesn't make any sense. Unless it is a zebra. I suppose. I suppose. Yeah. I do think, however, this is an end of a career because he's going to become. No, 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 that, that, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with that. Yeah. And so for that purpose, it's going to be an elevator down. Uh, saying that, I applaud this man's conviction because mm-hmm. it takes a lot of character to walk away because he's not going to get Kaepernick money after this. He's not. Fair enough. Uh, and we'll see. Watching how, where his career goes from here will be very interesting. I'll, I'm kind of all invested in to see where this goes. That's my elevator now. Fair enough. Yeah. And this brings us to our final segment. We're doing this in record time. Evans, good, bad, and ugly of sports for the week. That was my best one yet. Very, very good. Um, okay, so um, so we're going to start with the good. Uh, and I'm going to go back. We, you already talked about Robbie Ray a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Canada. I told you 
You, you did. The beginning of World Cup qualifying, mm -hmm. that Canada was going to qualify for the World Cup. We are eight games in. They barely, first of all, they barely got by Haiti even to get into this round, right? We're through eight games of the 14 of the World Cup qualifying. And I'm just sad that they gave up the goal at the end. So it wasn't Dosicero again, because Mexico had a very bad week. Mm. They uh, lost in the US and they lost to Canada. They came in first and are leaving tied for third in World Cup qualifying. Who they tied for third with? Panama. 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 Yeah, so it's the um, it's 16 points for Canada, 15 for the U.S., 14 for Mexico and Panama. They're ahead of Panama on goal differential. Uh, then it's nine for Costa Rica, uh, seven for Jamaica, who tied the U.S. Don't get me started on that one. Six for El Salvador and three for Honduras. Um, so Canada hasn't qualified outright for World Cup since 1986. I remember that. The the they did exactly what I told you they should do. They should play Mexico in Edmonton. I told you that's what they should do. <laughs> and so they brought they brought Mexico up to the ice Teca, as they were calling it. Uh, there was snow on the side of the field. It looked like they were skating on ice a little bit on their cleats. Uh, yep. Mexico looked super uncomfortable for most of the game. Uh, and those guys came out with two goals. They gave up one at the end. Their goaltender made a ridiculous save on the goal line with like a minute left in regulation to save that. And then they played the Mexican the game. The Mexico is getting very frustrated. It's Canadian guys are falling down and faking injuries. I'm like, Oh, we've never seen this before Mexico. <laughs> um, and then there was almost a fight at the end. That was one of the best parts too. Like the, at the end of the game, the teams came together and they did not, they do not like each other, which is interesting because there was even a fight at the end of the U S game. Hmm. Um, but yeah, go Canada. Like they have a legitimate shot. They, they, their next game is against last place Honduras uh, in, in, in uh, uh, San Pedro Sula, which is a tough, weird place to play. Like that's a weird pitch, a weird stadium, a very, very different situation for them. But then they play the U S mm -hmm. in, I think they're playing them in Edmonton. Again, I would play that game on Baffin Island. I would go, it's like Ellesmere Island. What, what's the top? Like the, the, all the islands on Canada kind of look like a Native American in a headdress if you like look at it from far away. So whatever that top one is, Devon Island, I think is a really top part of the like the feathery thing. Um, it was Ells like, is that Ellesmere? Whatever it is. Never been. This is, more, this is more islands than any American has ever named in Canada in the history of Canada. Um, true. So, so whatever island is up there, that's where they should play this game. They should like make it as cold as possible for the U S because all of our players are from Texas and, uh, and just go for it. Good for them. I'm hoping they qualify. I think it's just going to be the U S Mexico, Canada, and Panama. I think those are going to be the four Costa Rica has a shot. Jamaica was lucky to pull out. Well, the U S was lucky to pull out the draw, but ultimately Jamaica was lucky that there's no VAR because they would have had three players thrown off on red cards. Uh, uh, but there's no, VAR and CONCACAF because backwards? I don't have an answer for that. Um, so, uh, but yeah, no, good for Canada. That's, that's my good. Although, to go back, back to China, by the way, China's national hockey team is maybe getting thrown out of the Olympics because, yep. first of all, which would be kind of hilarious because the team's not good enough. The sad thing, though, is almost all their players are Canadians. 
19. I, I read an article about that today on cbc.ca. Yeah. yeah uh, Cause I, and also too, when I'm, when I was looking at a lot of them, and most of them are of Chinese descent. Correct. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> But I, mean, like, I, I just, I just, I just think it's clever that Ken is trying to figure out how to get a second hockey team in the Olympics. Well, so. they might get replaced by read by Norway. Not that Norway is any good; they stink too. But you know, that's sort of the problem, though. When you get to when you're hosting, you get to have field a team no matter what. And mm. I, the China, from what I understood, uh, I think the Chinese women's hockey team—they're not that bad. Okay. Uh, for, from what I remember, I could I could be wrong on that, but in c- comparison to, to yeah 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 yeah, uh, but, but I mean, but women's hockey, it's U.S. Oh, well, sorry, I'd, I'd say Canada one, U.S. one A. I'm still going to give Canada the slight edge overall over the U.S. And then it's like D is next. There's no there's no B team. There's no C team. It's this, it's then just everybody else. No, and I, and I've said this: women's hockey does not belong in the Olympics yet. It's and not, having nothing having nothing to do with the gender, just the level of competition. It it the one of the rules is that you have to have competitive countries in three and in three different continents. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't. They have it in one. Mm-hmm. That's it. And, yeah, ba- baseball baseball makes it because we have North America, South America, Asia, and I guess Australia. Even though no one in Europe really plays it. That's so true. We've got a team Italy joke that is well they had the world baseball classic and mike piazza is playing for the team israel uh or or no he was playing for italy someone else was playing for israel sean green sean green played for israel i think Something so like that. It, it's so i can't remember stupid I, I don't get me started on that and that's what this is uh this is yeah it's it's great for some of these for some of these people who would get to say i was in i was at the olympics and that's pretty mm-hmm. damn cool but you're also going to embarrass the shit out of yourselves. Like you yeah. did not, you were, are not prepared and you yeah. had years to prep for this. Yeah. And you didn't do it. Yeah. Which is really strange considering that China's usually not, they don't get caught with their pants down like this. And if they do, they stop anybody from knowing about it generally. So, <laughs> so anyway, and anyway, good for Canada. Mm. I'm coming down. With, so, yeah. is that is that your bad or is that something? That's my good. Oh, oh okay. I thought the thought the that the China hockey thing was. Oh no no no! I just brought that up. No, the, the oh. bad the bad is I'm going to introduce you to a member of Chicago politics. Okay. This gentleman's name is Alderman George Cardenas. Okay. Alderman George Cardenas tomorrow is going to introduce a resolution for the city of Chicago to do a study as to how it would be possible for them to buy the Chicago Bears. Uh, okay. I don't, he was on the radio today and he was asked how much this would cost. He said, I don't know, hopefully not very much. So here's what I will say, Alderman. Here's what I will say. If you give me $10,000 I will give you all the information you need in order to figure this out. Are you ready? Well, should I give it away now? Well, I mean, he might he might take you up on that, but I mean, you're really you're going to give away the cow for free? He's not. He's I'm giving away the cow for free. He's never going to listen to this. All right. I mean, the, the, this this man doesn't. 
This man doesn't know sports well enough to listen to our podcast. Okay. You ready? Here, here's, here's what the committee's going to tell you. I'll save you the million bucks or whatever it is. Is there a way for the city of Chicago to buy the Chicago Bears? No. <laughs> there is not a way for the, for the Bears. So the Bears bought the, uh, the very nice racetrack, the horse racing track we have out in Arlington Heights. Uh, they bought the land. They're going to build a new stadium out there. They're going to abandon. Um, they're going to abandon Soldier Field, where they've played forever, even since the spaceship landed on top of it, um, which is what Soldier Field looks like for now. Uh, but Soldier Field is hard to get to. The vast majority of people are going to games do not live in downtown Chicago, and there's no parking there whatsoever. So I've never been to a game. I've been by Soldier Field. I've never been to a game there. Uh, but everyone says it's an absolute nightmare to get to. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that Arlington, which is weird for a downtown stadium, right? I'm not saying that Arlington Heights isn't going to be necessarily easier to get to. The people in Arlington Heights aren't so excited about it because there's going to be a ton more traffic, albeit six, eight weeks a year. So calm down, everybody. Um, but uh, there's at least a train station there. There's going to be ample parking. There's going to be all sorts of stuff. And the Bears think they can do it, then great, mm -hmm. right? It's not like there. It's like the when the 49ers moved out of Candlestick and moved to Santa Clara. Like it's a ways away, but it's not like abandoning. They're not going to the Santa Clara 49ers. These aren't going to be the Arlington Heights Bears, right? It's still the Chicago Bears. People can still go to the games. I know that the, I guess the uh, I know that the the stadium's going to be empty. Uh, this guy, by the way, was talking about getting an expansion team for Chicago if the Bears move to. Arlington Heights. This is how much he knows. Because again, the theory here is that the, the league is going to lose to St. Louis in court for the way that the Rams left, that they violated the contract with the city of St. Louis, which it's pretty clear they did. Mm -hmm. um, and they're going to lose and they're going to probably have to offer them an expansion team as part of the settlement is what everyone's thinking, which means we're going to have 33, which means it's going to be unbalanced, which means then they're going to Naturally, there are people talking about, well, they're just going to go straight to 40 from 33. Yeah, I've been reading a lot of that. Uh, maybe that might get Toronto a team, but I don't yeah, know. I mean, it gets Toronto, it gets San Antonio, it gets Portland. Um, mm. I mean, they keep trying. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll actually try and put one in London. Yeah, I mean, if the Jaguars don't move. Um, because I've, I've thought the Jaguars play one home game there a year, every year. Mm -hmm. uh, Shad, Shad Khan, I think, would be very happy to move his team to London. Although you'd probably want to put two teams in London. And then you, all you have to do in order to rebalance the divisions, you put London in with the Jets, Patriots, and Bills and move the Dolphins into Jacksonville spot with the Colts, Titans, and uh, uh, Colts, Titans, and who am I living out? Uh, Texas. They, they have to call the team the Silly Nannies. They just have to. I, I'm all for it. Yes, no, yes. it will probably be the London Jaguars, which would be hilarious. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I understand that point of it, but they're not going to put a second team in Chicago. No. There's no point in doing that. So maybe they give one back to Oakland. Who knows? You know what I mean? Like, it's just like you, you just never know maybe san diego move or the Chargers move back to san diego that would also be nice. well that's another city that got the got shafted too yeah and for no reason because nobody goes to Chargers games uh well a lot of people go to the Chargers games they just don't wear powder blue 
that was a very good, it was an extra home game for the Patriots a few weeks ago. Um, I do have to give LA fans props though, uh, for the Rams though. Right. But the Rams are a historical LA team. Right. That left under crazy circumstances and then came back. They'd be, if the Rams had come back and the Raiders had, they'd be doing the same thing with the Raiders, but the charges are just like not their team. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it shows completely. Yeah. It's just dumb. So, uh, yeah, but anyway, so it was just one of the dumbest, one of the dumbest ideas I have seen in a while. There's no way this is going to happen. It's against the bylaws. Like he wanted to buy the team and then sell shares because that's what the, the Packers did this week. Mm-hmm. They were selling 30,000 pieces of paper for $300 a piece that were shares in the team that can't be sold and can't go up in value. So it's just basically like you're buying. And oh, by the way, there's a limit of 20,000 per person. Is that right? No, hold on, 2,000 per person. So you couldn't pay more than $60,000. Good on them for figuring person. out a cash grab. I yeah, mean, they're making $90 million on some fancy pieces of paper. Like, it's pretty good return on their money. It's so not even what, a camera do it. that you can sit on. Yeah, I know. So, uh, literally something that's not worth the paper it's printed on right mm-hmm. but you get to frame it and put it in your house and say oh and a piece of the team congratulations i um, would never do that for any of the teams i follow never oh, never oh when 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 uh the henry came up with uh joining red sox nation and getting official cards mm-hmm. back in like 2005 2006 i was like fuck you <laughs> i know you brought us the championship but i've been here a lot longer than you have and i don't need to give you money to have a card in my wallet to show who I represent, like who I'm a fan of. So I refuse to join Red Sox Nation, even if Jerry Remy was elected president, the late Jerry Remy was elected president. It was just dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've actually been in a situation and said, no, never. Yeah, I, I could just see, I could just see me trying to pull that one over and justify that to my wife. That's going to go over real well. We should do the same with the website. You know, cut out pieces of paper, like sell them for five bucks a piece. Absolutely. Like a thousand of them. Come mm-hmm. on, it's 5,000 bucks right there. And I'm sure our pieces of paper would cost less than that. And you too can also not be in the Hall of Fame. Huh? Congrats. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, absolutely. Just put print on there with like, a, like one of those stickers from the old baseball packs. You know, one of those uh, stickers that changes in the light. Just like, I am not a member of the Hall of Fame. Frame it. There you go. Maybe if, if you want it framed, it's like 25 bucks. Maybe like uh, with Kurt Schilling. As the there, you uh, there so, you go. So, yeah, Kurt, that's a great segue to ugly. It is, yes, it is. Yeah. Um, as much as I wanted to do the Red Sox buying the Pittsburgh Penguins as ugly, which is weird to me. Um, is that official? Not yet, but it's going to be. Okay. Um, which is hilarious because the Red Sox also own the Boston Globe and the Boston Globe does nothing but print bad things about the Patriots who are the Red Sox major competition in town. So I would imagine if they own the Penguins, the Bruins would now also get nothing but negative press. So that would also be interesting, but that's not what I went with. Mm-hmm. I'm going back to, I'm going back to soccer. Uh, I know Mexico had a very bad day, but nobody or very bad week, but nobody had a worse week. And I pray for the soul of 34 year old Fyodor Krudyashov. Do you know who Fyodor Krudyashov is? I only can guess by the name that he's Russian. He is Russian. So let me set the scene for you. Okay. This is the end of the first set of European qualifiers for the World Cup. 
Russia is in first and needs a tie or a win, and they qualify for the World Cup. They're playing Croatia in Zagreb. Croatia needs an outright win, or they just go to the next round of weird qualifying. There, so there's ten groups this year. So whoever wins the groups gets to go. The ten second place teams plus the top two teams from the another thing they had called the Nations League, which end up being Austria and uh, the Czech Republic, qualify for a tournament where there's going to be six teams are seated at a home game. The other six have to travel to them. And then the winners of those games play, and they're going to be three of those 12 teams make the World Cup, right? So all they have to do is, is tie this game. Coming to the 80th minute, it is biblically raining in Zagreb. Like the ball is hitting the turf and just stopping a bunch of times. It's that much. It's either skipping or stopping. And uh, I can't think of his first name. Uh, he doesn't sound like he'd be from Croatia. His last name is Sosa. I believe he was born in Brazil, but moved to Croatia at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of lofts one towards the box. Like he's on the sideline. It's the 81st minute. Just put it in the box and see what happens. The ball goes over everybody's head. And our hapless uh, Mr. Krudyashov comes over to just try and stop the ball. It takes a weird hop hits him in the knee, which as a defender, there's nothing you can do if the ball hits you in the knee. Like you have no control over where it goes. Mm -hmm. Fortunately for him, it deflects directly past his keeper and into the net. He collapses on the ground before the ball is even in the net because he sees what's going to happen. Russia loses 1-0 on this own goal. Croatia qualifies for World Cup. Russia now has to go through everything else. Andres Escobar scored a goal for the U.S. accidentally in the World Cup in 1994. Died 10 days later. Died 10 days later when he got back to Colombia. Unless, unless Mr. Khrushchev has some um, economic incentive from the people back in Russia to have done what he did, and it does not appear that was too impossible for him to do what he what did, I fear for this man. No one had a worse week than he did. Just absolutely like in the absolute worst place, your entire nation is watching and hoping. And then just like a complete and utter freak. It took a weird skip, hit him in the kneecap and deflected right past his keeper. He wasn't even running towards his goal. He was running like diagonally across the front of the goal. It just hit him weird and went in. And soccer fans aren't exactly known uh, for their forgiveness. No. Not, not at all. That, uh, one of the uh, Mexican players was talking about all the stuff that he got uh, from losing the U.S. I can't even imagine what happened after they lost to Canada as well. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not fun. Um, and there are certain, a whole bunch of countries who you would expect to be doing well have, did not. Italy didn't get through, so they have to go into this tournament. Portugal has to go into this tournament. Um, like, it's... it's it's going to be a challenge for those countries to get through. So, so the Europe part that that's uh, now that that's done. So like, that Europe, the, so the Europe part itself is done. Okay. Um, so the, I just know Germany got through. Germany did get through. Yeah. So hold on one second. Uh, so the countries who have qualified for world cup at this point are Qatar, of course, because they're the home country, uh, Germany, Denmark, Brazil, France, Belgium, Croatia, Spain, Serbia, England, Switzerland, Netherlands, and Argentina. Um, and the countries, 
in the countries that have gone into the weird tournament in in uh, Europe, the six seeded teams, the teams that get home games, are Portugal, Scotland, Italy, Russia, Sweden, and Wales. And the teams traveling to them are going to be Turkey, Poland, North Macedonia, Ukraine, Austria, and Czech Republic. So is it like one and done? One and done. One game. Oh, Jesus. When, when single, they- ele- single elimination. When are, when are those scheduled? Uh, so they're going to do a draw the 26th of, of this month. Uh, and then I think they're going to be scheduled for like March-ish. So, yeah. And then Af- Africa also uh, finished up theirs. Um, the, the biggest country who didn't make it through, I would say, from Africa. Well, South Africa got eliminated and so did Cote d'Ivoire. Um, or Ivory Coast, as some people call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so those guys are gone. Now there's going to be, uh, they're going to have a draw coming up for a home and away with them because they have 10 countries for five spots. So those countries are Algeria, Tunisia, Nigeria, Cameroon, Mali, Egypt, Ghana, Senegal, Morocco, and Democratic Republic of Congo. Basically your normal suspects, except for Mali, who's never made the world cup, all the rest. of them I was, That was going to be what I was going to ask you. I didn't think they've ever. Mm-mm. No, Mali's not been there. There are three countries in Africa. It came down to the end for three countries who had never gotten close before, who all had a chance had they won their games. Um, that was Gabon, Burkina Faso, and Equatorial Guinea. Uh, actually, Cabo Verde, uh, Cape Verde, had also had a shot on the last day, but all of them lost. So it's the usual suspects plus Mali um, for, for the World Cup qualification. There's going to be those are going to be played in March of 2022, the home and aways for those. Nice. So. All right. Well, I guess with that, this brings another episode to a close. Hey, I wrote a book. Buy my book. Buy his book. Yes. Chavo Guerrero, Instant Classic, the autobiography of the late, great Chavo Guerrero uh, Sr. Uh, Andrea Tessman and I, we just uh, did uh, Jesse's Girl for, no- for How the Hell Did This Go to Number One. Does Jesse know you did her girl? Well, Jesse, Jesse is a friend. He's always been a good friend of yours. But lately, something's changed. Is it hard to define? <laughs> yeah, he's got himself a girl, and I want to make her mine. Typical '80s the guys in love with a girl, and she doesn't. Her name doesn't even matter. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. We didn't even, we didn't even think of that. Never find out her name. At least Jenny. I mean, Jenny may have written a number on the wall, but at least the guy's all about her. We know all about Jenny. Hmm. We know nothing about. Uh, about Jesse's girl or uh, the guy's Homer Angel, who's a centerfold, or you know any of them. They just don't need names. No, yeah, I never. Wow, you thought you thought about this. Uh, the the centerfold one just came to me. Oh, nice. Just and- like I came, just like I came on Eileen. I mean, wait a second, I didn't say that, did I? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Eileen doesn't want you to come on here. Have you thought about that, Mister Midnight Runner? Well, they, they named themselves after a drug. I mean, they, I don't think they really thought the, a lot of things through. Thin Lizzy named themselves after a dildo, so. That's what that is? Yeah, it's from Naked Lunch. I didn't know that. Thin Lizzy and what's the other one? They're both, they're two bands named after the dildos from like Naked Lunch. Hold on. I'm actually going to type into my actual web search here, dildos from Naked Lunch. Uh, Steely Dan. 
Well, that makes Steely sense. Dan, Steely Dan and Thin Lizzy were the two dildos from Naked Lunch. <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we, to be fair, we have never before closed on dildos. <laughs> I don't know what the joke is. There's got to, no, I got nothing. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, these two pair of dildos, we're done. <laughs> Stay safe, everybody. Take care, guys. Bye. <laughs>